This is the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast, and it's going to get a little strange today. And not just because of the election situation that our country has backed itself into (laughs) a huge political corner. We are talking about Doctor Strange, but before we get into that, we want to say what's up and welcome you back. This is episode number 21 of the Random Fandom with Brandon Brandon podcast. You're listening to two best friends talk about things that matter to them, geek culture. Good to see you, man. So we're 21. We are 21. We should be having a beer right now. If only... If only I drank. Yeah, if only I actually thought that that would help. You sound <laughs> like you're about to die. I can't tell if I'm in an infirmary or your upstairs room. I am. I am. Well, I'm about to die. So if you hear a lot of coughing and throat clearing, Brandon is just... Dying. What's what's? Well, we're all dying, but you're just getting there a little quicker by the sound <laughs> of you. Overwork and underpaid. The story of the white male. Yeah. Gosh darn it, our plight is heavy. We're happy that you're back with us. We're happy to be back with you and like I said, we saw Doctor Strange last weekend, and we want to talk about full spoiler review upcoming. We've also got some video games to talk about, specifically this go around the meager selling, but still really good quality games that EA put out yeah. back-to-back weeks. Titanfall, Titanfall 2. Battlefield. By the way, wherever you're listening to us, we thank you for doing it, and we thank today's brand new fake sponsor. Brandon, tell us who's making today possible for us. Today, our fake sponsor is the Trump brand credit cards, also known as simply the Trump card. The gold standard. So, obviously, America loves Donald Trump. And rightfully so. So much so that they elected him our president of the United States. We're not sure how this happened. Do you hear that? I think everyone is collectively scratching their head. Yeah. I thought thought that was apparently, though. I thought that was the sound of hell freezing over. Yeah. Um, But. Good news for the rest of Americans, all of the Americans, is that we are about to get a brand new Trump credit card called the Trump card. And this allows you to stay and spend anywhere, and you don't have to worry about it because you get a four-year paybackable term. So -hmm. whether you're doing some home improvements, like, I don't know, building a huge wall the length of a country to keep out unsightly immigrants, or maybe taking a trip to Russia to kiss Vladimir Putin. You can use your Trump card. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the great thing about the Trump card Tell me. is they don't really look at your past. You you never have to show any past tax records, no matter how many times you've mocked the handicapped or how many times you were accused of sexual assault or you made racist comments. None of that matters. You can be approved for a Trump card. Wow, talk about the ultimate trump card when it comes to your credit. Yeah, I've noticed that too, If you, your debt, according to the terms and conditions, if your debt gets too high, there's a built-in bankruptcy contingency plan for every account so you can stay rich without ever really having to feel the consequences of horrible decisions. Yeah. A yeah. lifetime of them, potentially. Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty smart. I mean, this, this whole trump card is just packed full of benefits for What's... all of the American people. So really, if you're... A racist, sexist asshat that voted for Trump. I mean, you should apply for the Trump card. That's the Donald Trump brand credit card. The Trump card, which encourages you, the American consumer, to grab grab life by by the the pussy, pussy, get get a a Trump card, and make make your credit credit great great again. again. God bless America. All right, that's enough Politico discussion. Of course, um, it's not a podcast about that, and I'm sure there's only (laughs) probably millions of discussions we don't want to get into it because let's think of things that make us happy. Like Not video things games. that just make us really Video feeling... games make me happy. Yeah. All the time. So let's talk about, specifically, EA's latest endeavors on back-to-back release weeks, Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1. It's video game time. So we both got some hands-on with... <laughs> well, you got to clarify. <laughs> with each other. Uh, we both got our hands on Titanfall, specifically two. M- well, I'm going to correct. Two. I just want to make sure someone. Yeah, could so somebody's like lo- confused, listening like, to this for the first time. Why are they like, playing a game from three really years old. ago? Yeah. <laughs> well, because it was on sale. Ah, we, we got it for seven dollars. Help. Um, so yeah, Titanfall two. I have played through the entire campaign. We've both had some time with the online. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to discuss that. We also want to discuss Battlefield one. Once again, same thing. Check one, check two. We've got the campaign to discuss. We've got the online to discuss. Um, let's start with let's start with Titanfall. I, I really am intrigued by this game. Uh, you know, 
it's almost like this game could say, am I my brother's keeper? It's not Titanfall 2's fault that it's not having good sales. It's a quality game. And it's such a refreshing change of pace from Call of Duty, just another, which ended up being just feeling like another Call of Duty for me, at least in the multiplayer. I haven't played the campaign yet, but from what I understand, it's not a whole lot different, but that's speculation. What I do know is that Titanfall 2 is a badass game. It and, really is. And it took everything I like about Titanfall and just gave it such a nice, I wouldn't say a fresh coat of paint because that's just basically saying like, oh, it's recycled. It's putting a little polish on there instead. You know what I mean? Well, and it, adding a bunch of extra yeah, features there's to some, it that we really like. Yeah. And number one, biggest thing is the campaign. Yeah. We finally get an actual campaign with Titanfall 2, which we never got in Titanfall 1. Now, would you say it was satisfactory? I have not finished it, but you have. I have. I actually, I I really enjoyed playing it. I definitely think that Titanfall, the Titanfall campaign has a lot of downsides. It's not written very well. Um, the story doesn't really take you anywhere that explains too much of what's happening in this universe. I, I think the biggest hole in this entire campaign is there's no good characters. The character that you're playing he's just a regular generic guy and you're fighting all of these villains that have their own unique titans and their unique styles and weapons but when you're fighting them they all just feel the same and you're kind of hearing these voices and you're seeing these characters um interact in some ways but like there's nothing about the villains that is that fun they all just seem so cookie cutter and i think that they really had an opportunity to to showcase something really unique with all that and they kind of lost it yeah but kind of something that you were bringing up at the last podcast was that whole boy and his dog story with you know we're now here it's a pilot and his titan where they kind of grow attached um i think that was done okay like it was there and it was definitely prevalent in the story and it didn't make it worse it made it better but once again i think the writing was so lacking that that could have been so much better. And that could have carried the story to a more heartfelt level that they just didn't get to. So ultimately, kind of cookie cutter. I almost feel like, and I have not finished it, but I almost feel like it's just an afterthought. Yes, it was still included based on the fact that it was missing from the first one. So they were very aware of the fact that they needed to bring that to the table in the second go round. But I still feel like it, it was just an afterthought. You know, let's, hey, let's ramp up and make this multiplayer uh, mode even crazier, bigger, louder, prettier, all these things, and very aesthetically pleasing, which it is, and we'll get into a little more of that in just a second. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and then give them a campaign. You know, I... It wasn't horrible. I see what you're saying. Like, I, I feel that same way. Yeah, and it was but short. You would almost... And it was short. But but, but the, so are all of the first player... Exactly. Or first person shooter campaigns. They really are. But you would almost think that Right when they were starting to plan it, they should have, from the get-go, made the campaign a priority because that's the thing that everybody was saying they wanted most out of Titanfall 1. But you're right. It did, it did seem like it was kind of tacked on. Well, and maybe that's one of the reasons why that uh, this game is probably under quota, I would imagine, at the moment. Yeah. And then again, it probably just fell victim to the fact that it is so crowded right now. Week by week, there's another huge title coming out. The week before Titanfall 2 came out, uh, Battlefield 1 came out. Both these games right now are popping up on sale everywhere. We were just literally just... Yeah, like just 35 bucks, right? Yeah, and that's not even a Black Friday thing. Like if you look at... I mean, by the time this comes out, it might have already come and gone, but Amazon, Walmart, Target, I think even some eBay vendors are all selling this for 35 bucks because right now people have overstock mm -hmm. because it's not selling like it, they wanted it to. Granted, it's two different studios from EA releasing these but still but it's still ea, it's as, still EA. A, as a publisher and you know a lot of people have said hey uh kind of seems like you're cannibalizing yeah, yourself why would you do that right you know what they said though is uh, is they said that they, they stand by their decision yeah they they're like well we figured that there was two types of customers that play first person shooters there's a very narrative driven players that really like to feel like they're engrossed in that whole world war one style that you get out of battlefield one and then there's the really futuristic, fast action... Rock'em Sock'em. Rock'em Sock'em robot style um, that you get out of Titanfall 2. But really, I, I, you, you got to realize that a first-person shooter player 
is just simply a first-person shooter player. And there's a good chance that that same person wants to play both, but that same person doesn't have $120 to spend $60 each on both games. And I think that's where they're lowering the prices is they're realizing they were totally wrong. Yeah. And the only way that they're going to sell both games to that one person is if they cut the game price in half. Well, see, for me, I love both styles of play. If you want a little more relaxed, maybe potentially less stressful game, uh, you're going to go with Battlefield 1. The pacing is the difference. And if you want something more, you know, in your face, high tech, futuristic, uh, pulse pounding, you're going to go with uh, Titanfall 2. But for me, having not really one preference over the other, liking both and then just kind of being in the middle and benefiting from their lack of a forethought having to lower the price i'm like i win as a gamer i mean you we totally do yeah because we can easily just put one off for a couple of months until you know january exactly february or march even and we still have a great shooter that is probably not going to go on sale less than 35 dollars absolutely uh battlefield so titanfall 2's multiplayer it's everything I like about the first one, just three years later, uh, with more options. Um, I really think it feels like the same game, but yeah. almost like with added features, almost like as if it was DLC. Yeah, you know. Well, and that's the problem with not the. It's a problem necessarily, but that's the thing about improving what was already really good. You yeah. know, Titanfall's original multiplayer mode was pretty awesome and didn't leave a lot to be desired for me. And now three years later. With like I said, it's not paint a new can of paint on it, but it's a like just a layer of polish that just shines up everything I like about the first one, and like you said, has some little additions. I could play for hours. Yeah, it's almost like what they did was they took the exact same formula that they had in the first one. And they're like, people love this, so we don't want to change it too much, but let's just add to it. Let's just add the tether. Let's just add a few more Titan classes and a few more types of weapons and. Um, ultimately it really does. It feels like the same game, but with added features and a new coat of paint, which is nice. Where are you at with both games is just in terms of how you receive them. Battlefield one and Titanfall two. Titanfall. Well, I haven't played Battlefield one to the length I've played Titanfall. Okay. So, uh, and I could say the same, but on the opposite. Right. Exactly. Because you bought Battlefield one. And so I had some hands on for a couple of hours and I was actually very impressed, very impressed with the, uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. It was really gritty. It was it was dark. The the fact that right when you start the game, and this is not a spoiler, but right when you start the game, the first thing it says is you're not expected to survive this. Yeah. And that kind of set a tone for the entire game because they're throwing you into uh, what they want to be as historically accurate as possible while still being a fun video game in World War One, And they're saying, Nobody was expecting to survive when they're out on the battlefield in World War One, And it just set this tone for the entire game going forward. And so when you're playing and you, of course, die, it gives you the name of that person. And then it just moves you over to somebody else on the battlefield. That's, Disposable heroes, man. More meat for the yeah. grinder. Yeah. And it was, um, how do I, 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 you didn't feel attached to one character, but you felt attached to the war in general and like the whole battle that you're in. Because you felt the loss. It, it, I don't know. It, they just did a really good job of making it so that the average first-person shooter that you play, you die a bunch. That's just a normal thing, especially when you're playing multiplayer. And it's just completely uh, without a thought to the average gamer. But they made it so that every life lost made you kind of feel that there was a real life lost to it. There's implication. There's an impact behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. Uh, I really feel that this game expertly has appeal to both modes. Uh, the campaign, I'm a little further in the campaign than I was just last time we briefly touched on it. Uh, I've played some more game modes online. And what I like about it, it's so not Call of Duty. Even yeah. even the just the uh, like the capture the flag or the death matches, they're longer, they're more open. You can have a little more freedom. It's not stressful because I hate literally like i was playing call of duty the other day i died three times in like a two minute stretch Mm -hmm. and people just camp out your spawn you know spawn sites and shoot you down and that's really frustrating with battlefield yeah you can have that quick turnaround if you're depending on how you choose to play but if you can just want to like you can almost like have an mmo experience in a death match you can just go wander off in the hills as long as you stay within the parameters and you can look down 
vehicle modes. It's fun. It's just it's very well balanced game, and I think it's a shame that it's not selling like I think it should. But then again, I'm not standing to gain or lose based on any numbers. I just feel like, hey, I got this game, and I feel like I almost stole it. You know, I yeah. think I bought it for like weeks ago for forty bucks, and now it's down to thirty five bucks. I can't even imagine what it's going to be on Black Friday if even any cheaper. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine it going down to more than thirty five dollars, but. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, this, I wouldn't this expect is a quality it to go down that far of, already. Yeah. Um, you know, I just want to make a point before we move on is... Um, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> we just touched fingers because you're pointing at me. You literally said, I want to make a point, and then you and pointed, I pointed at me. pointed at you, yeah. And I, then we did the whole... Um, what was that show? Out of this world. Out of this world well, with the chick that... Yeah. She like put her fingers together and freeze, freeze time. time. Yeah, and then like put things up people's As butts. As a kid, I wanted to do that so bad. What putting things up people's butts? Yes. With them frozen in time. Yes. Obviously. And you can imagine then what else would you do? And if then you she could like freeze time? took her fingers apart, or she clapped her hands or something to you know time back in. Yeah. Yeah. Could you remember imagine? her like alien father? Dad. Yeah. He was a box that like would talk and glow. Yeah. He was like the Zordon of. He was. Kinda right. Yeah. Um. I had a point that I was about to make, but um, related to Out of This World, the uh, the Battlefield One multiplayer reminds me of the old school Battlefield when yeah, we used to back. play Battlefield Two. Remember that? I was talking to a coworker about it today, and we we both said it's the most reminiscent thing since Battlefield right? Two. And I, I I remember back. I mean, oh God, this obviously this was years ago. You and I would play Battlefield, and we would just hand the controller back and forth, mm-hmm. kind of like what we do now with Overwatch, right? Um, or we're just sitting on the couch and we're both playing a match and and being each other's wingman too like oh guy do it right or something like yeah. that and, and not to the point of annoyance but oh thanks for the assist like you should get 10 extra points for that kill yeah yeah i'll add that to <laughs> your you gamer score <laughs> yeah um anyway but it, it was really reminiscent of that and i actually really liked it and kind of in that same way where you have this really wide open world where there's sometimes not that much even in the middle especially in those desert levels mm-hmm. and so and that's kind of what the old school one was like amen and it's and it's such a refresher from what we're getting nowadays with what we're talking about with um, Titanfall, with with um, Call of Duty. It's This is just something a little different. I mean, it's still a first-person shooter, so it's not different enough to make it so that, you know, that that people are going to necessarily go spend 60 bucks on both yeah. all the time like they expected. But it's different enough for me to feel like, you know, okay, I can move from one first-person shooter to another and feel like I'm playing two different games. I agree. So, before we move on, before. video games. We just mentioned Overwatch. You know what it made me think of? Oh, Sombra. Boop. Okay. Yeah, the Sombra reveal Yeah. came out. You know, Overwatch does a really good job of really slowly leaking out these new characters. They came out with Anna, and everybody was like, yay, Anna, and then everybody was like, Nobody ah, Anna. Nobody gives crap, mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sombra has been teased since the beginning and you get all these hints in the game about Sombra and, um, some stuff was revealed, I think by accident somehow, I think some images got revealed and I think that kind of forced them to push out the video that they just recently pushed out. I think they pushed out a little bit early is what I'm assuming, but I don't know that for sure. Are you talking about a premium baby delivery? Pushed out a little early? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure we're on the same (laughs) page. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Sombra was definitely premium. Yeah, you can tell. I really like that character that you see, and I like um, the way they show some of her abilities. It makes me think that there's some really cool things there that could, that could be transferred over to gameplay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught some of that. I did. The biggest one to me is where you drop this sort of um, like teleporter thing, and then probably push a, certain, push a certain button during gameplay, and you immediately show up wherever that wherever that thing that you just dropped was. It's kind of portally. In a it way, was kind of me. poorly, yeah, but that, different than the other teleporter that's already in the game. Oh, by Symmetra. Yeah, so in, with Symmetra, she puts up a what it literally looks like a round portal, mm. and you pop through one end and you come through the other, um, and it's great to get from way back in the map to the forward of the map. But this one looks a little different. Like this one looks like you can toss it, run anywhere in the map, and then push a button, and then boom, you show up back there where you, you tossed are. it. Yeah, they also in the in the video that they had, and it wasn't gameplay video, so I'm not sure how this translates to gameplay, but it showed her throw it in the air, teleport herself into the air out of it, and like have this like really far jump. Hmm. And I'm, if they can make that happen in gameplay, that's cool. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think Anna was the first 
well, I know Anna was the first aftermarket character, if you will, you know? Yeah. And I think the buildup was like, yeah, and oh, it's Farrah's mom that became a reveal. And then it really fizzled out. So maybe this one, uh, another gal, I noticed mm-hmm. too, will um, be a little more impactful, not just in hype, but actual delivery. Um, she seems like a, a hacker of sorts, like yeah. a, a tech, yeah. a techno smart. A like wizard. It. Yeah. So we'll see how this uh, pans out. I don't know when this patch is coming through. It seems like it should be soon. I mean, they've no, already they just released these videos. So that's I'm true. Not sure. Uh, do we know how many they plan to do in total? Or are they just going to keep going? I don't know. But I mean, there's But then several... that would nullify like a potential Overwatch 2. Well, they have the... Um, they've shown on multiple occasions the entire poster of, I don't know, 30 different characters. Yeah. And there's multiple ones that we still don't have. So, I mean, they, they have characters oh, in it's mind. Completely already... They're already designed. They they probably already have figured out their, their abilities right. and their powers. Um, and then, you know, they'll just tweak with their balancing and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm just going to ask you an impromptu question. I did not have this in mind. And by the way, I agree with you. <laughs> Thank that you. The words you said were great. Um, all of them or most of all of them. Okay. You just made this conversation great. Would again. you specify which words that I said were great again? So we're going to move on <laughs> real quick. Oh. And this is just an impromptu thought so far based on the characters who are playable yes. and available. Yes. If you had a Mount Rushmore of Overwatch, Ooh. who would it be? Just so who comes to mind? Your four, is it four presidents? Yeah, I know. I, yeah. That's literally that what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, I mean, ultimately, I, it depends. Are you asking me who are who deserve to be up there out of no, all the characters you, or who are my four favorites? Who are your favorite? Not My four favorites are Roadhog, uh, Torbjorn. I like Mercy a lot. I think she, she's definitely my favorite healer. And then Hanzo. So I was wrong on only one of them. I, I noticed you don't play him a lot, but I do think you're pretty good with Reinhardt. So I thought yeah. maybe you would have said Reinhardt. Cool. That's a, that's a good... That's a good um, I was kind of trying to choose one from each category. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like visualizing I, the, I generally uh, the splash tr- page yeah. in my mind and trying I to I generally try to choose like one that I'm good at for each category. That way I can switch I hear if that. need be. Uh, for me, Soldier is uh, first yep. on my... my I Mount definitely Rushmore. know your second. May. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Junkrat. And then Farah. No, I actually, oh. I, I do like Mercy a lot too. Oh, wow. I, I was, I because was she's fair. a quiet contributor. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. She can totally turn the tides. Now, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, the only one I would never want to see up there is Bastion. I'm so out of love with Bastion. I like his character. I hate the... the I know, right? He's a the cool construct character, but man. Of him in the game. Because he's... He's just a camper. Yeah. He's a way overpowered camper. And he just sits there and then just, he just mows people down. Yeah, it's dumb. So anyways, Overwatch still staying very relevant. I can't wait to pick up a copy of it. Hopefully. I want to, I want to ask, I want to throw a random question out there. Well, it is the random fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast. So let's have a random question between Brandon and Brandon about fandom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're just discussing these new characters and, um, we've got Anna that just came out. Who's kind of generic, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. But then you have, uh, the, the hacker, right? Sombra. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. But I'm just talking like her style. Oh, I see. What and you're I was saying. thinking, um, what kind of character uh... would you, I mean, I don't know if you can think of this on the fly, but what kind of character do you want to see in overwatch? Like what kind of special powers like would they have? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure. Like, what their attitude and look would be, but I think it'd be awesome if someone who had like an ultimate of replicating themselves. And so all of a sudden you're battling three of them and you can't tell which one you're shooting and it's actually going to hurt you. That's super smart. That would be cool, right? Someone I really like that. Like a a morph, not a morph. Uh, What was the guy from the lame X-Men movie? He could like make copies of himself. Uh, I know exactly who you're talking about because he was the first person I thought of. Yeah, and then you start attacking them and then it turns out that's just wasted energy and then the real person can get you. Right. Yeah, that would actually kind of be cool. Also, maybe someone with a little more elemental power. I think would be sweet too. Yeah. They don't um, have a water guy or gal. Well, you have May who's ice. ice. Well, I guess. Um, yeah. So a couple. But like, let's say someone's ultimate, all of a sudden you just see this huge wall of water come and it just pushes everybody back and it pushes like the payload back like 10 mm. feet or something oh, like that. That would be clever. Yeah. And just like, dr- and you can drown it or something like that. Well, depending you know, on what corridor you're in. Something that we don't have is somebody who is kind of master of any of the elements. Well, you have Torbjorn who's kind of, molten and fire based a little bit oh yeah especially when he reloads 
but he but he none of his powers are fire themselves. Yeah, he's, he's a turret guy. Um, you know, nobody does earth, wind, fire. Oh, the band? Um, yeah, earth, yeah. wind, and Do fire. Do you remember? <laughs> Wait, are we talking Captain Planet here? With your powers combined, I beat up re- bad recyclers <laughs> or whatever. And heart, yeah. That guy had a little monkey too. Yeah. What the hell was his problem? He had a horrible haircut. <laughs> from too. like El Salvador or something? Yeah, like some Dora the Explorer country. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she's from America. Is she? Oh, she's a Mexican American, I believe. Yeah. So, what I think would be um, somebody who can, can kind of control some sort of animal. Oh, okay. Like a tiger that's kind of always with them that could almost King act. Ezekiel? Yeah, like, like, or, or, um, also I'm thinking of Borderlands and the original Borderlands, Mordecai, Mordecai with his, with his Falcon. Yeah. And so somebody that had some sort of animal that might hover around and might take damage away in the sense where somebody needs to kill the animal before they kill the person, giving that person some time to shoot back. Yeah. Um, but also that thing can attack. Cool, man. Um, it's crazy know. how you know, just how many games have come and gone since, but this game still is kind of very much on the forefront of so many gamers' minds. Yeah. And I, that's what I really like about this game. It wasn't built just to be a huge impact and then, you know, kind of a fizzle out a la the original Titanfall. This game is built and still being built to have some longevity. Uh, you know what else is going to be a really interesting thing is uh, this This is Dishonored 2 week. Can't wait for you to get a, a copy of that via Gamefly. Mm-hmm. Get a little play in that, and definitely be offering up some thoughts on that too. I just, I just thought of it because I've actually I, been yeah, watching some I gameplay really online already. One. Oh, one of my favorites. Four years old already. That game. It's crazy how much time passes between yeah. titles sometimes. Well, that puts a nice little bow on video games. Yep. Uh, not much for us to get to in TV this week. Walking Dead's happening, but we'll get into that later at a later time. Westworld is I, still happening, and I feel yeah, very bad for you. My issue with Westworld is that. I'm um, borrowing somebody else's login. Um, As most of America is for some form of streaming <laughs> yeah. service. They, I think they changed the password on me. Yeah. And so I know if I go back to them and say, hey, what's happening? What's the deal, yo? They will give it to me. And I but just haven't done that. someone you have a lot of contact with? Because then you kind of sound like an ungracious jerk if I you know. only like, Every, like, hey, I just yeah. come around when I want something. It's, it's somebody I, I, I know I can go to. Okay. Um, in times I just haven't done that because I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks. And What better time? Right. Anyways. Like, hey, how you been? What's yeah. your HBO Go password? Like, what? <laughs> Sorry about your cousin dying. HBO? <laughs> yeah, what? Did you change the password? What is that? Yeah. So, anyway, let's move on. Let's uh, movie on. We want to talk about movies, but really particularly, we want to talk Just about one. Doctor Strange, and we're going to make it our topic of the week. So being that this is a podcast about all things geek culture, it is no surprise the movie we are talking about this week, having just seen it, is Doctor Strange. And a lot of America went and saw it. Did great at the box office. Bigger than I would have thought. Doctor Strange... There's a lot of Benedict Cumberbitches out there. Indeed there are. Uh, Doctor Strange is not a hugely popular Marvel character. When I say, hey, name 10 Marvel characters... Doctor Strange would not have been one of them. Now it is. Not for most people. And now he's ingratiated himself. I like that. They brought him to the forefront. Yeah. And I don't know much about Doctor Strange. And so I think I said this in a previous recording. It made it easy for me going into the movie. or So I thought like, hey, I don't think I'm going to be too critical of this. Whereas uh, other ones, yeah. I've been a little more critical because it's so you know ingrained in my childhood, near and dear to me and something I've interacted with. I've never even once owned a Doctor Strange comic. I've had comics where he's appeared, but I never bought any of his standalone stuff. I think for most of America, Marvel had a clean slate. Yeah. They could have taken him... However, they really wanted to, that was just better for the cinematic universe versus the comic book universe. But what was nice is they actually kept quite close to the comic book universe. So, before we get any further into this, this is uh, a discussion that we'll be breaking this down fully. So, in yes. case you haven't seen it yet, don't listen to this if you don't want to get spoiled. That being said, what did you think of it? I actually really, really liked it. Okay. Um, we went and saw it with a, a, a friend of ours, and she was saying it was her favorite Marvel movie. I, and I think you as well, both were like, eh, it's good. Definitely not better than something like Civil War. Oh, no. Like, that that movie was amazing. Right. 
it seemed to fit the formula pretty well, especially for uh, a first go round into a character's uh, story. Uh, hey, a little bit of humor. Here's the tragedy. Here's the rise. Here's the guide. Here's the villain. Um, here's an, a, a sidekick or two. It had a lot of familiar elements, yes, but it stood alone in describing who Doctor Strange is. I loved some of the Easter eggs. The humor was nice. It wasn't too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, seemed like a very believable Doctor Strange, just again from the little of him I actually know. But I think the main star in this movie, aside from him, uh, definitely they would want you to think this, I believe, was the cape. The cape was like a rock yeah, star, just was, a CGI rock star. It, it, they, it felt like they took a page out of Aladdin. Yeah, with the carpet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they just gave it complete life, which was good. I liked it I, for I never the cinematic re- universe. I fun. never knew that the cape had its own powers. I thought mm-hmm. maybe they just, I don't know. I really don't know if they just dolled that up for this movie or if that's actually, no, oh it, no, that's how it was. It it does, but I, I don't. But they made I it clear that the which, cape chose him. Yeah, whereas in the comics, um, the the ancient one gives the cloak to him, but right. in this case, they kind of made it like it was meant to be, like the cape chose him. Yeah, and so. it was after he got his ass kicked, uh, but then it helped him kick yeah. ass back. I kind of like that. So let's just talk about uh, some of the. What do you want to talk about? The goods or the bads first? Well, you know, let's sort it out. Let's let's talk about the goods um, because I wanted to tail off of what you were talking about the humor. Mm-hmm. Because I think that this movie had a pretty much perfect amount of humor into it. Um, I, it wasn't too much where it was overwhelming and seemed cheesy, but it was just enough to add some lightheartedness to something that could have been fairly dark, you know, yeah. and, some, and was fairly dark in some cases, especially near the beginning when Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch's character, got in a car accident and had his hands crushed. And that was his livelihood. He was a surgeon. And it went through some dark times where he was really mean. He was a bad person to good people. And I think that once he, you know, went to Tibet and and he started seeing this magic that he's never had experience with before, he acted the way that the audience was reacting. Where like something would happen and 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 the audience is just like, really? That's that's stupid. Yeah, and, and he was being, there to being say the that. doctor. He would then look for the scientific explanation yeah. as to how that's happening. And I like that juxtaposition to have somebody who studied all his life on the real and the physical to now have to realize that none of that really mattered because there's this whole mystical side of the universe that he never knew existed. But it also made it so that because he's so smart and so good at what he does, that he could become the master of that as well. But, um, you know, talking, speaking about the humor, um, I don't know if you know this, but the creator of Community and Rick and Morty, the oh, show. Oh, Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon, yeah. He was actually kind of a, a comedy script doctor on I this. heard that, yeah. He gave it some part of the treatment. Yeah, and I think, I think and I, I, I don't know exactly how, the, how it went, but I think they wrote the script for the most part, gave it to him and said, hey, we want you to add some humor to this, add some lightheartedness and silliness. And I think he did a great job. It did show through. Um, I didn't feel like, the, like you said, there wasn't too much humor, and there was. I don't can't really even recall any of the times where they tried hard for a laugh and it fell flat. Like sometimes, like yeah. I go back to Age of Ultron. I thought they tried too hard, too many times for yeah. to force in a laugh. Totally agree. Um, but yeah, this one everything seemed prevalent. There was a little cheesiness with uh, the guy Wang, the librarian. Wong. Wong, excuse me. Um, I felt that that was just the only time where it just felt like it was maybe just a little out of place, but in general, it seemed like everything hit its mark for the uh, comedic yeah. effect. And it's very, lots of dry humor too. Yeah. And yeah. I like that. And yeah, cause he's a smart, subtle guy. Yeah. Yeah. And everything that he said there, you, you weren't sure if there was this cultural difference between him and the other characters or if what he was saying was just not funny to them. It actually kind of reminded me of guardians of the galaxy. You know, when, yeah. um, star Lord, Peter Quill's talking to Drax and something and he's like, ah, that'd go over your head. And he's like, no, I would just jump up and catch it. And he was like completely <laughs> yeah. straight faced and just like, what are you talking about? I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, and we did see the trailer for number two, yeah. which is now out, but uh, we'll get into that more. doesn't really tell us much of anything. So some of the parts that really worked for me, um, I, I liked his interaction with Dormammu. Yeah. I, I actually thought that was great. Basically he just learned how to manipulate time and how can you defeat a celestial entity yep. just bug the shit out of him. 
Yeah. And make him quit on you. Put him in an infinite loop that he can't get out so of. So basically with the Agamara... The Eye of Agamotto. Uh, that's the one, yeah. So basically with that and harnessing the the control of time, he basically DVR'd the bad guy <laughs> to death. And I thought that was actually pretty <laughs> clever. I would have liked, and I'm not going to say this was a bad part, but I just tailing off that, I would have liked if they actually would have just saved him for like a potential sequel. Because, you know, they kept mentioning him and he's the evil one and he's the... Well, he, but it just is almost like, oh, here he is for just five, ten minutes and now uh, there he goes. I yeah. felt like they could have done more with him because from what I've under, come to understand, um, he was one of Doctor Strange's main villains. So we might see more of him in the future. Yeah, he, he made a deal with him to leave Earth alone. Nothing else. Good point. That's a fair point. And I don't... What is that world, The that... The mirror realm? The mirror realm? The upside yeah. down world? Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange Doctor things. Strange never in that deal said, I can't come to the mirror realm or whatever. The underground. Digital underground. The digital underground. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, the Humpty Dance was his chance to do the hump. Yeah. And, and instead, he didn't take it. He just put it in an infinite Humpty loop. Nice. Good plan words. <laughs> and you know what I like about the, um, the ending to that whole thing is how Doctor Strange... He didn't beat him using magic necessarily because how do you how do you beat a celestial being that has and they quoted in there infinite power right yeah it's um, how do you beat that well they found a way for him to literally just outsmart him and I thought that was really clever yeah I clever agree. writing but but it, that just kind of shows the type of hero that Doctor Strange is. He's not one that necessarily goes to fighting all the time directly. And that also shows in the earlier fight scenes, he's struggling. He's holding his own, but he's not doing a very good job. Yeah. And if he's it like getting the, a C minus. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's kind of getting his ass kicked. And if it weren't for the uh, cape saving his ass at those kind of very opportune moments, then he would have been defeated easily. And so I like the fact that they recognize that he was still in training. He's not a fighter, but you can't beat him as far as smarts. And that's the strength he relies upon. Yeah, yeah. everyone brings something to the table. Um, another thing that really worked for me is just all the little tie-ins to the greater uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially recent movies. Of course, if you stuck around for the end credit, he meets up with Thor and tailing off of the events of Thor 2 where Loki... Yeah. Uh, tricks everyone into thinking he's his father and they need to actually go find his father and Loki's on the loose somewhere in uh, on Earth, I guess. I, 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 I don't know, because wasn't he last in Asgard? It is a little confusing. My mum, memory. My mummery. <laughs> Your mom's memory. My mom's memory. My mom's memory is... Uh... It's great, uh, as far as she can recall. <laughs> but my mem- my memory is... Gosh darn. <laughs> my memory is a little fuzzy on that, but so it goes. It did, you know excite a little bit uh of the viewers especially you know when he says hey i've been keeping an eye on all things magical mystical and i want to help you find loki or something like that yeah that was cool also did you catch uh remember right before he gets in his accident when he's driving like an a-hole down of course it was like a perfect stormy night and you know windy roads so predictable that that scene was coming uh but they weren't trying to hide it when uh he he's talking to a friend or whoever or like a fellow doctor and he's looking for a real challenge and right. they said hey i've got a a 35 year old air force serviceman uh a spinal injury this and that yeah that was referring to iron Ma- excuse no, me not iron, iron man yeah war machine i was war like machine. oh very and yeah, he's like no so. that's child's play or something like that just like shucking it off i want yeah. something really challenging because they were like yeah he was in experimental armor or something yeah like exactly that. i thought oh very clever yeah. you know subtle little touch uh, Stan Lee's cameo, yeah, they're almost starting to feel like I know they have to do them, and that's the thing, you know. But but it's starting to feel a little forced now. It's fan service. It is, but it's but just done like, so where it's become something that's loved because there you're not going to find a single person who loves comic book movies who doesn't love Stan Lee. That's a fair point. And so when they see him, no matter what, it's kind of just it's it, it's the obvious Easter egg that's in every movie. And when they see it, they just go, oh. It creates a sense of anticipation, too. Kind of, yeah. Not like in a bad way, but just something to look forward to. Yeah, like, like something I'm waiting to see. Yeah. But but it's almost, it always comes like when you're not expecting it. No, it's never uh, patterned or predictable. Yeah. For sure. That I think that's nice. It, it was it was clever this time around. It's just. I, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that they're filming with Stan Lee, since he's getting up there in age, they're filming 
a lot of his cameos right now in advance just in case he passes away and i know that sounds kind of well weird to say I mean, it makes but sense yeah I, that's what i heard and I, don't, I don't know if that's true we'll see um I don't want to give the impression that I didn't like this movie. I just thought it was it was average. It was a good origin story. Some of the problems I had with it, though. Okay. Where do we go from here as far as a Doctor Strange 2? Mordo. I guess. That's but he, absolutely where you go. Oh, I know, but he, he was incredibly vanilla. He's just And his reason oh, for I going bad him. was just like, hi, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be a mentor, but you're way more powerful than I am. They make it very clear Dr. Strange is way more powerful than he is, and yet now he's the bad guy because he can't accept the fact that his mentor uh, dabbled in dark arts and he just ran off like a like a, like a butt-hurt little kid, like, yeah, I wanted ice cream. It, it was just like, <laughs> it was just very not conv- convincing. Yeah. And um, he is not as powerful as Dr. Strange, so I guess he's going to go off and study the dark arts himself and say, you know what? Screw it. If my mentor wants to study the dark arts, I'm going to study the dark arts. Yeah, and you know, which is weird because he was so against the dark arts. That I wonder he, if he will go to the dark arts, but... Um, it was just not something I, I found Mo- very... Baron Mordo is kind of one of the biggest ultimate Dr. Strange villains. Yeah. And they're supposed to be pretty matched on their magical abilities. Of course, Doctor Strange is always just a little bit more because he's, he's Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. But and yeah, and he's a good guy. But um I just felt like they I, threw out a lot in the first one and didn't leave a lot for retention's sake. Yeah. In I think upcoming that, installments. I think that they didn't like do a great job showing his disgust and distaste for he basically uh, just ran using off. magic what he considers the wrong way especially at the end when he's like you used spells that you shouldn't be using it's like yeah but i don't know if you noticed i saved earth so doesn't that sort of get me a pass like um and the fact that he had a problem with that and walked off i feel like that's a little forced i guess um just didn't feel real to me yeah and but even in the construct of a comic book movie yeah but sure enough, he will be, um, you know, the bad guy going forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that really bugged me, and I, again, it's easier to be a critic than it is a fan sometimes. But okay, when he reappeared after being what gone for we don't know how long years maybe in Tibet, and he it just didn't seem like like no, but it seemed the, like the characters made it seem like oh he was gone for weeks yeah, or and something. Just like the pacing of the movie suggested it wasn't yeah. very long, but you know he's a changed man. However long it took, like I said to you after the movie, he became Doctor Strange essentially pretty quick. But I get yeah, it. He did. It's a movie. They, like, it's not a full fledged series sure. like Daredevil. Spider Man. Boom. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Yeah, they didn't have like an episodic approach to it. They had to do this quick. It was a two hour and ten minute movie, but still, I felt like he became Doctor Strange kind of rushed, but. It was ridiculous to me when he shows up uh, in the emergency room, and it's just like, oh, okay. And then when the yeah. the ancient nice, one, nice cloak. yeah, when the ancient one gets hurt, and then he reappears there, and then he's magically allowed to do surgery again. I'll be like, whoa, excuse me, we have um, laws and medical doctors <laughs> yeah, in the place. That's true. He just suited up and started like telling him how to do the surgery, and then he was like, in part, participating in the surgery w- himself. I'm like, okay, I know it's a comic book movie, but that is just stupid. Sure. Like, well, how, would you be allowed to leave your job for like months or years or whatever, and then just show up and be like, "Oh, guys, meeting right now." People are like, yeah. "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> yeah. Who are you? You don't have a job anymore." Yeah, and dude. he's all looking scruffy, yeah. and he's yeah. I was like, that and was a little preposterous. I, I, you know, Rachel McAdams' character. Um, I forget her name. I forget her name. Um, I think it was she played Rachel McAdams. Yeah, as so Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams playing Rachel McAdams. You know, she was sort of the her reaction to things were kind of what the audience was feeling a lot of times with yeah. like, what are you wearing? And, um, and the whole issue with him doing his astral projection when he, his, he basically shows up as a ghost above his body when she's trying to do surgery on him. And she, she kind of, but she was perceptive to it. She kind of like jumps back and she's like, what's happening? And he's like, Oh, I'm astral projecting by the way, I'm dying on the table. You should, keep going and she's like oh yeah okay let me do that it's like what the f- how do you how do you just switch like, gears how like do you that? just be like oh yeah you're right let me let me do that no you see somebody's ghost appear above them as you're trying to save their life on the table and he's very clearly telling you how to do it you don't think that's a little weird that was kind of silly like i i feel like 
like she was supposed to be the reaction that we were all feeling, but she just got over it so quickly. Yeah. Another thing that I felt was just severely lacking was the amount of boobs in this. There was yeah, like no what the boobs. hell? Yeah, help us. Come on. Get more Show of those nudity, in there. guys. Yeah. This, this, is, a, this is a Marvel Strangers. movie. Yeah. Um, completely unconvincing, vanilla, bland, boring, forgettable villains. Except for Dormammu. Yes. It's just, what are they? Oh, they're zealots, and he's Kaisyphilus or whatever his name was. Syphilis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was about as entertaining as watching yeah. syphilis develop. It, it was just like... I totally agree. Oh, I'm, oh, I stole some pages I shouldn't have. Now I'm bad, and I'm going to cut off your head. And uh, I have zealots. The zealots like were interchangeable. They would just show like one quick cut in the same scene and they were like different zealots. I don't even think they realized that they were just like completely interchangeable, like the bass player in a band who's just like tours and nobody knows his name. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, they were completely forgettable. Nobody cared. And then, okay, they're sorcerers, right? Basically just they're on the dark side. They're Sith basically in this, if the, sure. if this yeah, universe point. is uh, the force basically. And every time they just went, and pulled out these blades. I'm like, could you do something freaking else? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, that's all you got. You're a badass sorcerer who looks like a, in a cocaine fueled glam rock band with a galaxy. Yeah. To be fair, mascara. they just got back from a kiss concert. It looked and like they just a, didn't have time to clean it. Up. Yeah. But, and then the guy, Kai Cassius or, or something like that, whatever, forgettable. Like I said, he was so calm and it was boring. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he has to be like, oh, I'm a raging badass and I'm going to kill you. Like cutting yeah. like a promo or something like that. But he's just like, Hello, Doctor Strange. Funny we meet here. It was just like, he seemed uninterested and that's how their characters came off. That was such a drag for me. Uh, and the ancient one was basically Morpheus. Let's face it, she was a white Morpheus. She was. Yeah, that was kind of like, like okay, it's Morpheus. What did you think of like the total trippiness that we got when he started going through all the astral planes and... I thought they could have gotten into a little bit more of like what it is and how our building's crumbling and what is the mirror dimension. They didn't really tell you what it is. You just saw well, that. It... I, I mean, like when she touches his forehead and he starts going through what seems oh, like I a massive that, acid trip. I thought that was cool. I think that they did it really well. They kept it close to what the comics showed mm -hmm. of that kind of crazy world. Um, and the art at the time was very psychedelic. And so it worked. I just always find... Those types of like trippy moments, I always just get so bored of them. I felt like, because it was about probably five, I mean, honestly, like five minutes straight of him going through all of this crazy stuff. And I feel like they could have like cut that. Down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like they could have cut that in half easily. And uh, because like when it was happening, I was just like, okay, I get it. He's going through this crazy world and this is what where he's going to realize that that there's more, more than just the universe self. than yeah than than he thought, and so it just it just kept going, and I was just like, okay, I'm done with this. It was beautiful, and I heard by the way that um, this was one of the rare instances where 3D it looks really good, mm. and people were saying that it's better to watch in 3D because of that kind of crazy stuff. Sure, and there were certain times when I was watching it where I was thinking about that, and I was like, that would look really cool if we were watching it in 3D. Yeah, visually very stimulating movie. So I'm curious as to how would you rate this? Like, let's say a scale of one to ten, or whatever your your measuring stick is. I would put this at. I'm I'm really close to a nine, but not quite. And I would probably put it at like an eight point seven out of ten. Wow, you're getting even to the singular decimal. That's because I think it's better than eight point five and not as good as a nine. And so yeah. Well, then Can why I not an eight point eight? <sighs> Oh, you you created the parameters here, being all specific. Yeah, like eight eight point seven five. Uh, for me, this is like a six and a half, seven ish. Really? I, I was, oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it wasn't bad. I didn't hate it, but it just it just wasn't memorable for you. Yeah, and the vil it's really did suffer from a lack the, of yeah. villainy. Well, it's I mean, we're so spoiled from really good villains from something like the Batman, the Dark Knight movie. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, where we just get this amazing villain that makes the movie. And ever since then, I feel like we've been trying to find that and we just haven't found it. Um, and you have some villains that are better than others, but in this case, he was just so poor and so lifeless. Yeah, and then his, his glam rock buddies were stupid. Um, I am uh, curious to see how this plays into the greater 
Uh, yeah. Oh, that's another thing really quick that it, it did get us discussing because they revealed that uh, there's uh, uh, an infinity stone. And then, oh, uh, you're right. right. Yeah. So um, it got in the me- uh, in the um, eye of Agamotto, yes, it's a time, yes, time stone. Exactly. So it got me thinking, like, okay, where all the are the Infinity Stones right now? And we started talking about ones in Vision's head. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy is the last time we saw the one that the Collector has locked up, mm-hmm. but that one's not going to be safe. We know it. So it's all pointing towards the Tesseract. greater. Yeah. So it's all pointing towards the greater Infinity Wars. Um, Loki's staff. Yeah. Right. 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 Which is. Does she? That's have mind. That? Loki's staff is the one that messes with your mind. Yeah, I don't know who has that. Or is that what they put in Vision's head? I can't remember. See, it it honestly makes me just want to go and watch that specific part of previous movies. Yeah, and you can see the conglomeration. It's all headed in the same direction. Many paths lean to the same direction. I like that. It, it is fun. It's just, it's appealing to me. Yeah, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done something so unique, and and really, it's bold and. Uh, they they're investing a lot into one story with a lot of subplots. They're doing it just like regular comics would do. And I think it's so cool that they're willing to take that leap of faith and say, you know what? We're, we're so confident in our movies that we could have all of these different pieces lead up to this one big story. And nobody else is willing to take that type of leap of faith in cinema right now. And you can tell that Warner Brothers is sort of trying, like they they started to. Right, they made a little correlation between Batman vs. Superman, little tie into Justice League, right. upcoming, or Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. But like... Lean um, into Justice League. But because none of their movies have been doing any any good, and they're... they're <laughs> Straight up. That they're, um, they're starting to cut back on that. Right. So, anyway. So that is what we thought of Doctor Strange. Hope you get a chance to see it. And hope you like when we describe synopsises to each other in the weekly installment we call Shadow of the Synopsis. This right. week, it is my turn. So Brandon's going to read a synopsis of whatever. Could be a comic book, movie, TV show, video game. Uh, he's just going to read the synopsis. And I just kind of have to guess what it is. So Adam. let me just give you a slightest of hints. Okay. This can apply to more than one format. Okay. You follow me? And it's a very bare bones one. I don't want to tell you too much. Okay, ready? Yeah, and I will uh, not, even if I know it halfway through, I won't blurt it out so that uh, anyone listening can play along. All right. This story is about a... I know it, but I'm not going to say it. This story is about a super sly, super criminal who always avoids capture. And this criminal's organization, Vile, steal lots of items from all around the world. And it's up to agents, young agents, Zach and Ivy, with help of their mentor, the chief to put a stop to the criminal and the vile organization. Zach and Ivy sounds so familiar. So my first thought was where in the world is Carmen San Diego based off of what you were just saying about criminal who steals things around the world. Um, but I don't recall anything else around the story plot of that because i remember playing the video games and you're you're the one trying to find her so i don't know anything about zach and mary making a porno or whatever the what was the other chicks ivy zach and ivy making a porno together i don't remember any of that um i I don't remember we'll probably just tell you right now that it's actually national treasure star nicholas cage (laughs) ah yeah (laughs) it's not fortunately i don't think we're ever gonna have a nicholas cage theme ah that's a challenge um i i really i I feel like i should know this but i i don't um so my guess is going to be carmen san diego but i don't think i'm right so you're saying where in the world is where in the world is carmen san diego well, you're right. I am right. Good job. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I know. I had to dig a little deep for the Zach and Ivy, but Acme and remember the chief. See, so no, you I don't said, remember any of you that. You could have said game show, video game. Uh, you know, it's a couple That's different. That's true. Yeah. Um, Do it, Rockefeller. I just, I don't remember anything about the story. I just know that there was In Carmen ve- San Diego with her cool hat and, and, yep. her, and her red She was outfit. hot too. Like you oh, never got to see totally her. I would totally do Carmen San Diego. Yeah, like, if you could all find the her. world, <laughs> but you would have to find her first. That's probably what she's running from. <laughs> uh, uh, now, Brennan, um, we have 
a a, a long lasting tradition that has lasted for twenty, 20 previous episodes. episodes before this, where um you know we not only have our shadow of the synopsis which you just gave, and but you just it's also your turn identified. to um bring us our awesome quote in geek history before we leave. Would you let me? No. <laughs> what do you What do you got for us? Okay, it's short. It's it's straight to the point. And okay. it happens to be from something that is near and dear to your uh, geeky heart, and it's right here. This is this week's awesome quote in geek history. Give a listen. That's, That's all. That nice. encapsulates okay. so much of how I feel Gosh. about just stuff like this. That's, that encapsulates every role he's ever played. And you know Whoa. what actually got me thinking of it? Not because I was feeling the Matrix, but because earlier we were talking about the ancient one, Tilda Swinton, was basically a, a female white Morpheus. Yeah. And it made me think about Morpheus. I was like, oh, that's right. That's when he sees Morpheus like bend reality for the first time and kick butt. And he's like... And his response is, whoa. whoa. You know, it's funny. That got, quote that, got me all that, like, whoa. Okay, so um, I think I've said before, that movie is my favorite movie, which most people are like, that. The you Matrix? have said before. We did episode five on our okay. across-the-board formats. Don't you remember on... No. Yeah, I mean, it's um, been so long. But no, I mean, like most people, if I say, oh, my favorite movie is The Matrix, they kind of look at me weird. They're like, The Matrix? But it's because... You got to clarify. The Matrix. The first one. Reloaded not or revisited or... But the story was so good. The writing was really good. Action and the was special balls. effects were amazing. Totally. And... um. What I think is funny is that movie is full of really cool quotes, you know, about people being turned into batteries or Mr. like Mr. Anderson. Yeah, or Just like or when or when Agent Smith has is talking to Morpheus when Morpheus is like tied up. Like there's just a bunch of cool quotes and the quote you chose was whoa. It kind of really just <laughs> says what the matrix is about. That's yeah. what, literally what I remember feeling after watching that movie for the first time. And, you know, back in 98, 99, when this movie came out, Something like that. you know, there wasn't social media as much or at all to this degree. There wasn't things being spoiled well ahead of time. It wasn't, you know, idiots like us posting our thoughts online with audio recordings telling you what we thought. There wasn't much of that. So when you got to experience something, you really got to go in with a fresh just outlook on it. And that scene when they're in the uh, like the hotel lobby or whatever it is, and he's jumping off walls, and they're just killing agents, and they've got the yeah. uh, the assault rifles and all that. That scene was incredible. Yeah, yeah, the bullet bending was cool, but that scene was sustained action sequences. One of my favorite action sequences of all time. Yeah, and that's why that I will always stick by that movie being my favorite movie because despite what a lot of people think, it's an incredibly deep movie with incredibly good action sequences and breakthrough special effects i mean it's it's an amazing movie what a great way to wrap up yeah. this podcast but before we conclude officially and say goodbye to you you okay <laughs> yeah oh do you get choked <laughs> you get choked up when we have to say goodbye i totally understand yes. like i said this is a damn infirmary in here by the way you're coughing so much i hope you get better so we want to hear from you guys please reach out to us tell us what you think is important in the ultimate geek culture uh, that we all live in and you can reach out to us at random fandom cast at gmail.com keeping it g nice mail we also have a twitter you can follow us there at random fandom wbb beautiful and we have a website that you can listen to all of our podcasts at the internet <laughs> randomfandomcast.com and you can also get a flavor for what we're all about if you're just listening to us for the first time and wonder what we've been talking about since April in our past 20 episodes or where get a flavor for where we, where we might be going the next 20 episodes. So much good stuff to talk about. Geek culture is always replenishing. Luckily, because otherwise we would have nothing to talk about. Yeah, ever. we would have to talk about our boring 30-year-old white lives, and that's dumb. Yeah. So get your trump card, grab your credit by the pussy, listen to randomfandomcast.com, and thanks for being a fandom of our fandom. I stuttered, but I'm trying to cover it with song. <laughs> and stay geeky, everyone. You crashed your car off a cliff. Now your hands aren't worth a shit. Got to go. Give me the news, you gotta save us from Dormammu.
You got it. A- 